Open your Bibles to the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 40. We are so glad for you to be able to welcome, uh, join us here to our online Sunday evening worship service. Many of us grew up attending church on Sunday, Sunday evenings, and right now, during um, our pandemic, we have not held a Sunday evening worship service since March 8th. That's how long. Right? That's an in-person Sunday evening worship service. That's the longest in my life, probably the longest in many of yours as well. So, But we have been producing these videos each and every, um, I think we did miss one week. We, we, we didn't have them. That was our very first week. We didn't quite know what to expect. There was so much uncertainty with everything. But we're so glad for you and your family to be able to tune in and watch this. And what's, what's so valuable about uh, Sunday evening uh, video recordings, or this is a series on Joseph. And even if you're not able to watch this Sunday night at 6 o'clock when it premieres on Facebook Live, you can always go back on either our podcast channel or on Facebook or even on our YouTube channel, and certainly watch, uh, watch these services with that. So I do want to um, encourage you to follow along in your Bible. I believe the story of Joseph is one that speaks so much about some of the things going on in our times today, because Joseph was alive. His life was one of ups and downs, and here we are, and many of you are certainly experiencing the same for your ups and downs. Now, at the conclusion of this, we'll have a special time of prayer. Today is day eight of our week of prayer for Lottie Moon Christmas offerings. Lottie Moon was a missionary to China, and uh, back in, I believe it was 1919, they named uh, uh, the special annual offering after her. And we as Southern Baptists, we give every Christmas season towards the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. Our church's goal is $18,073. So I want to encourage you and your family to be prayerful about that, about how you can certainly contribute to international missions. We want to meet as well as exceed our goal. Genesis chapter 40. We are here, and now remember what has happened. Joseph, he all of a sudden was a slave, sold into slavery, but for 20 pieces of silver by his brothers. Now he finds himself being sold off to Egypt, and he's in Potiphar's house who helps with uh, leading Egypt, um, is under Pharaoh. He's the captain of the guard. So now, remember, Joseph was a very handsome, righteous man. Potiphar's wife uh, made inappropriate advances towards Joseph, and he ran out of the house leaving his coat of many colors, his coat. And then um, uh, Potiphar's wife got his cloak, his jacket, and said, look, this man tried to attack me. He tried to get me. So he now finds himself, which was a lie, he finds himself in jail. So everywhere, what's so powerful about Joseph, everywhere Joseph goes, the Lord's hand is upon him. God blesses this young man. And that's what we're about to see here in the prison. Verse 1. After this, the king of Egypt's cupbearer and baker offended their master, the king of Egypt. The king of Egypt is Pharaoh. What is a cupbearer? Back in Bible times, it would be good if you wanted to kill someone, you poison them. That's how they didn't have guns like we have. So it was very, poisonings were very 
Well, not very common, but they were more common than today. So if I was the Pharaoh and I was about to drink my wine, I would find a cupbearer right here, say, uh, Sir, you come have a drink of this wine before I drink it. And if you fall over dead, then I know I'm not going to drink it. But after a few minutes or so, everything looks okay. I guess I'll have some as well. That is what a cupbearer did. They were the taste test to make sure there was not an assassination attempt on the Pharaoh. And, um, you know, pretty much they lived in um, royalty. They were right there in the palace and they ate the king's food. They drank the king's wine. They did. They were always with the king because whenever he wanted to eat or drink, here comes the cupbearer. They were right there. The king also would have a baker. Why would you have your own baker? Because you want to know who was making your food. You wanted somebody who was very loyal to you. You just didn't want a lot of outside food coming into the castle or any outside food coming into the palace. Because again, someone could poison you. But if you had the person who you knew, who baked the food, who knew how you liked to eat, what you, how you want things cooked, then you ran it by the cupbearer, let him have a bite, let him have a drink. He doesn't fall over dead. Then it, make it, it makes it to the kings. I once remember um, somebody telling me uh, that had been to the White House and they told me how the president is served. What would be very common is, say I go and we're going to, uh, to eat at the White House. And there's seven or eight things on the menu to choose from. Well, the president say he chooses the salmon. Well, the Secret Service, what they will do is they'll make sure other people, such as them, other people order the salmon too. Then they order a couple of extra salmon. So say four people order the salmon. Well, let's go ahead and cook seven salmons. And the reason why is because they don't want whoever's preparing the food to know, oh, this one dish right here is going to be for the president. The president is the one. Well, in fact, that one dish could, I mean, we don't know where it's going to go. It could get thrown out. It could end up a secret service man, just somebody just eating it. So there was a lot there. Nobody really knew exactly who was going to eat their food they were preparing. Even if you knew the president loved salmon, I know he's going to eat this dish. And maybe the, uh, the vice president is going to eat the steak. There would be multiple options so that it wouldn't be very obvious and tempting to poison the president. And that's what the cupbearer did. So the cupbearer here, as well as the baker, they offended, meaning they did something. We do not know what they did, but they did something that was wrong. Somehow, now we know it wasn't a murder. If they were involved in some plot to kill the Pharaoh or to poison Pharaoh, they would be on death row. But that's not the case here. They just offended him. They might have made something cute. They could have been something embarrassing. Somehow, Pharaoh's feelings were hurt. Pharaoh was angry with his two officers and the chief cupbearer and the chief baker, and he put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guards in the prison where Joseph was confined. This is the royal, the royal prison. The captain of the guards assigned Joseph to them 
as their personal attendant, and they were in custody for some time. So it's very easy, out of sight, out of mind. My baker, my cupbearer offended me. Whatever happened to this guy named Joseph, he was right there too. He did something inappropriate to try to make inappropriate advances to Potiphar's wife. So he's down at basically the palace prison. That's where they're at. The king of Egypt's cupbearer and baker, who were confined in the prison, each had a dream. Both had a dream on the same night. And each dream had its own meaning. When Joseph came to them in the morning, he saw that they looked distraught. So he asked Pharaoh's officers who were in custody with him. In this master's home, in his master's home. Why do you look so sad today? So Joseph sees the cupbearer and the baker, and they're terribly upset. Something is wrong. We had dreams, they said to him, but there is no one to interpret them. Then Joseph said to them, don't interpretations belong to God? You'll remember what, what is one of the things that got Joseph thrown into the um, cistern and then sold into slavery. He had these dreams of all of his brothers and his mom and dad bowing down to him. His sheaf was very uh, strong and the other ones were bowing down. So Joseph is very accustomed to dreams as well as interpretations of dreams. So now what's happening is God has not, we're reminded, God has not forgotten Joseph. Joseph wanted an answer. He's thinking, I have been locked away, forgotten about. He's now, at this point, 30 years old, 34 years old. Years have passed. He's just stuck in a prison, a dungeon. And he's, God's still with him. He still remembers the Lord. He has never abandoned his faithfulness to God. Whether in the prison or in the palace, Joseph was faithful. That's a biblical principle for us. And that applies to you. Whether you are isolated at home or you're all out about maybe great things are going on in your life. God is blessing you. You're working all the time. You're very active. We, we are called to remain faithful to God. And that's the picture we see here. With, with Joseph. It goes on to say, verse 9. So the chief cupbearer told his dream to Joseph. The cupbearer is going first. In my dream, there was a vine in front of me. On the vine, there were three branches. As soon as it budded, it its blossoms came out, and its clusters ripened into grapes. Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes, squeezed them into Pharaoh's cup, and placed the cup into Pharaoh's hand. This is the interpretation, Joseph said to him. The three branches are three days. In just three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you in your position. You will put Pharaoh's cup in his hand the way you used to when you were his cupbearer. But when all goes well for you, remember that I was with you. Please show kindness. To me by mentioning me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. So Joseph is begging, saying, Hey, you're going to get a promoted. 
He's going to lift you out of this prison. But listen, Mr. Cupbearer, whatever you do, don't forget about me. God has given me this interpretation. He is explaining this truth to you with a greater purpose that you don't forget me. He goes on to say here, verse 15, For I was kidnapped from the land of the Hebrews, and even there I've done nothing that they should put me in this dungeon. You know, Joseph remembers, look, this is not my land. I'm not even in the right place. I'm in this dungeon, and I don't deserve to be here. When the chief baker saw that the interpretation was positive, he said to Joseph, so now the baker sees, well, I want to get out of jail. I want that too. I also had a dream. Three baskets of white bread were on my head. In the top basket were all sorts of baked goods for Pharaoh, but the birds were eating them out of the basket on my head. Joseph said in verse 18, This is the interpretation. Joseph replied, The three baskets are three days. In just three days, Pharaoh, lift up your head from off you and hang you on a tree. Then the birds will eat the flesh of your body. So the baker is going to get killed. He's going to get hung and eaten by birds. On the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, so this is the birthday celebration, he gave a feast for all his servants. He elevated the chief cupbearer and the chief baker among his servants. Pharaoh restored the chief cupbearer to his position as as cupbearer, and he placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. But Pharaoh hanged the chief baker, just as Joseph had explained to them. Yet the chief cupbearer, look at this, did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. Isn't it so easy to forget? Once you get back, once, you're once you get out from being down in the dumps, you want to move on. The cupbearer received his promotion. He's back in the palace. He's with Pharaoh. He's pouring and drinking wine with the, with the king. He, forgot, he forgets about those in prison. Do you know in the book of First and Second Thessalonians, it reminds us, to remember those and continue minister to those in prison. And the reason why is because we easily forgot, forget about people in prison. When people are out of sight, out of mind, we forget about those who are suffering. It's easy to move on when it doesn't involve you. If something isn't in front of you, if it doesn't concern you, if it's not in your sphere of the world, it's just not... It's not, your, it's not your problem. It's not your deal. This is why missions, this is why our mission board produces prayer guides such as this, that hopefully this entire week you've been praying for because they know if I don't put this in your hand, if you don't put this in your Bible, if you aren't diligent in praying for this. Like for example, in Japan, missionaries Daniel and terrorize they are preparing for the Summer Olympics to serve. They were supposed to have the Summer Olympics there in Tokyo this past summer. They're ready to serve, but now they're getting ready again.
for round two this coming summer. And they're asking for prayers for Southern Baptists and churches to be praying for the gospel to go out. And we need to remember that we will be just like that cupbearer when someone asks us for something. We'll say in prison, oh yeah, I'll do that. You've got my word. But once you get that promotion, you forget about them. You've moved on. I don't have another scripture here I want to read for you. Because I believe Joseph is a perfect example of waiting on God. It's hard to wait on God. Waiting on God is important because it's during the waiting that I believe it's a normal part of the Christian experience. God has you waiting on something. We might not know what for. We're just to be holy. We're to be faithful. And there's many things. During the wait process, while we're waiting on God, that's when the Lord can teach us things that we normally, maybe otherwise, wouldn't have learned. No one who waits on the Lord, no one who waits on God has ever been let down. He does not disappoint. His arm is not too short. And that certainly applies to us. The earlier, you know, in many ways, the earlier you accept Jesus and you become a follower of the Lord, the sooner you get to witness God do miracles through you. Because you get saved, you're young in the faith, and God wants to use you for many, many decades and years of service, of prayers, of inviting others and sharing the gospel. I hope you can look back on your life and see the opportunities that you have had to lead people to faith in Christ, to pray people to get, get healed, to pray and hold someone's hand as they're walking through dark and difficult days of trusting the Lord. That's one of the great things on waiting on God that He, at His perfect timing, He will bring the perfect opportunities in front of us for ministry. Look what the book of Lamentations tells us. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 25 through 26. The Lord is good to those who wait for Him. To the person who seeks Him, it is good to wait quietly for salvation from the Lord. It is good for a man to bear the yoke while he is still young. The Lord is good to those who wait for Him. It is hard waiting for the Lord. We live in an immediate time. You want to push a button, you get an answer. You want to click, two days later it shows up. Even this week for me, I ordered something from Amazon. It said it's going to be here on Tuesday. It showed up on Monday. I think, wow. It's day early. Lightning round fast. I ordered it. And it was already here. We, we want stuff right away. That is just not how the Lord works. We grow. We learn. We develop a closeness with Jesus through the waiting process. Why? Because it forces us. You look at this picture right here. Mary and Joseph, the nativity scene with baby Jesus. They've been eagerly 
waiting, the Jewish people, for the Messiah for centuries. And he came through a manger. He came through a barn. He came and was born with the animals. I think what's powerful, reminder for us, God is speaking to you and I. And he's saying, are you still waiting? Are you still trusting? That's the hardest, one of the hardest things. And the Lord is good to us. We see, during the waiting period, we seek after the Lord. And not only that, it says we wait quietly, meaning we don't complain, we don't gripe and grumble. We know at God's timing, He will provide. This for salvation is from the Lord, meaning we get saved from God. He's the one who saves us. And if He can save us, if He has the power to save me from being sent to hell because of unforgiveness and unforgiven sin and rebellion towards Him, surely I could trust Him enough by waiting on the Lord. And Joseph here is being prepared in prison for going back to the palace. He will get a promotion very soon. God will use this incidence of this dream, of interpreting a dream, with a greater mission of actually being the prime minister and leading his family all the Hebrew people into Egypt, which within 400 years later set up for the Exodus. God's at work preparing young Joseph. The earlier you can come to Christ, the better, because it's more years to wait and serve and be eager to give your time to the Lord. Have you surrendered to Christ? Is Jesus your Lord and Savior? Is He the Lord of your life? I want to encourage you to make that decision. Every single sermon from Broadway Baptist Church should give you an opportunity to respond and to point you to Jesus. If, you haven't, if I haven't done that, I have failed as a preacher. Any good preacher should preach people to Christ. And some of you are waiting for God to do something. You're waiting for a message from the Lord. And I'm here to tell you the message from the Lord is He's speaking to you tonight, today. He's saying, are you ready to come home? I'm inviting you in. This is your opportunity to respond. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. And I want you to pray along with me if you want to get saved. Dear Jesus, I've been waiting for you. I surrender my life to you. Lord, thank you for saving me. Lord, I'm yours. Jesus, I pray from this day on, I will live for you. You are my Savior. I give you and surrender my life to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want you to look up. I want to hear from you. You fill out our connection card. Send me an email. Call our church office. I'll let you know about what it means following and believing and your next steps in following the Lord. God bless you. I hope to see you here every Sunday night. We meet here online, on Facebook Live, on church Facebook page at 6 o'clock, studying and going through 
the life of Joseph. Such a powerful passage. So you want to show up prepared with your Bible in your lap, ready to hear a message from the Lord. God bless you. I'll see you next Sunday evening.